You're listening to. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. It is our final mid-month book news check-in of the year. My name is Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And yeah, Rira, I think this episode is actually going to come out right before Christmas. So happy holidays. Hopefully you're surviving your family time this year. I mean... Have a happy holiday, everyone. I'm probably not going to have a happy holiday. <laughs> it's funny because like everyone around me knows how much I hate Christmas. Oh. It's fine. It's only once a year. That's and true. this year you have a good excuse because, oh, we're, we're, we're still keeping safe for the pandemic. So, you know, we can't do too much. I think people understand. I just really hate the capitalistic nature of <laughs> of christmas like i really don't like the consumerism aspect of it you say that but um i feel like both of us are still going to be out christmas shopping this weekend i mean i have to christmas shop because it's an obligation (laughs) obligation brought on by the rampant consumerism yes yes. oh man well good thing before yeah (laughs) i I mean like before we started recording like marvin and i were just (laughs) like (laughs) we were just like ranting about everything um i just finished watching cowboy bebop and boy um, yeah we have thoughts they they made some choices (laughs) yeah um if you want to hear my thoughts about it you can listen to the good pop culture club episode we did a couple weeks ago that being said i least it's been canceled i don't know if that's something to celebrate or not hopefully john cho still finds no, John Cho will still find work. John I Cho think. is John Cho. He will be fine. <laughs> I just, yeah. I wish it was better is all I will say on this show. Um, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, Rira has graciously compiled the latest book and publishing news. Um, we have a shorter list compared to the last few months. Um, I guess because it's the holidays, right? Usually it's things are a little bit slower about this time of year. I guess so. Like all of the... Uh, publishing professionals they should have gone on break by now it usually starts pretty early yeah it's always and the year is always tough to get anything done in any any profession because everyone's taking taking their vacation so yeah let's get started with the latest book deals what's our first bit of publishing news all right at auction quiltree bought north american rights to angela shea's middle grade fantasy graphic novel, The Traveler's Guide to Geozoology. Winner of the HarperCollins Children's Books 2020 Diverse Voices Open Inbox Contest. In this debut, Lou feels distant from her grandmother's son, both because of a language barrier and because her grandmother's adventures as a geozoologist take her far and wide. When San Ama's monthly letters stop, Lou uses her Ama's old journal, written in a language that Lou can barely read, to try to close the physical and emotional distance between them. Publication is set for winter 2024. Is this another dead grandparent story? It doesn't sound like the grandmother is dead, though. Maybe she's on an adventure? She's on an adventure, and <laughs> now she is missing. Mm. But yeah, it sounded it sounded cute, and it sounded fun at the beginning. And then like, when you got the part where the letters stop, I'm like, oh no, 
<laughs> is this a sad time story? I like the idea of um, the main character not being fluent in the same language and having to like exercise that, that part of her brain in order yeah. to solve this mystery. I wonder if they're the same as me where I am not fluent. Like I'm fluent in speaking Mandarin Chinese, but reading wise, I, you know, I took enough Chinese school as a kid to be able to recognize words and piece them together based on, because like Chinese words are pictograms, right there. If you, if you understand root words or certain um, patterns, then you can kind of read most things. Mm. Um, yeah, I wonder if something like that, but it sounds really fun. Um, it's a graphic novel. Um, Diverse Voices Open Inbox. Is that like a, a pitch competition? I think so. Cool. Well, congrats to Angela on her book deal. All right, next up, Astra and Min Edition US acquired world rights to My Indigo World, A True Story About the Color Blue by Rosa Chang. In her nonfiction picture book debut, um, Korean-American artist um, Rosa Chang tells the story of creating a community garden and making art that celebrates indigo and its importance in Korean culture, along with many other cultures around the world. Publication is slated for spring 2023. I do not know the importance (laughs) of indigo in Korean culture. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask if you knew anything about this. Um, All I really know is, isn't that the dye they use in um, jeans, right? It's all I know really about uh, indigo is... When they say indigo child, it means that the child is very artistic and oh. uh, pretty intuitive when it comes to picking up skills. So um, that is something that a lot of uh, Koreans use, I guess. But honestly, don't know. Um, maybe yeah. I should read this book to find <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, Random House Imprint and Schwartz Books acquired world rights to Sita Singh's Mango Memories, a picture book about an Indian girl harvesting mangoes with her family for the first time and wondering, as she listens to everyone's favorite mango memory, if she'll find one of her own. Nabi H. Ali, uh, the illustrator of Lakshmi's Mooch, will illustrate. Publication is set for summer 2024. Go for a mango right now. In in winter? Yeah. Anytime is a good time for mango. I mean, it's Dude, out of like, season, so it's probably not as good right now. But it, in Korea, fruit can be more expensive than meat because they have to like import all of their fruit, <laughs> and it is it is crazy because um, there would be times where like a uh, a melon would be a melon would be like fifty dollars. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I was fortunate to um, spend summers in a tropical island, so we got so you guys have all of the fruit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next up, Little Brown acquired in a preempt the YA novel All the Yellow Suns by essayist and feminist advocate Malavika Kanan. This immersive novel tells the story of a queer Indian American protagonist living in a conservative Florida suburb who falls for her wealthy and complicated white female classmate when she is asked to join a secret society of artists, vandals, and mischief makers who fight for justice at their school. Um, the book was made for fans of Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe and is set for publication in summer 2023. A secret society of artists, vandals, and mischief makers. Wow. Yeah. Did you have secret societies at your school? You know, it's funny you ask that because we kind of did. Um, we had, um, so in the San Gabriel Valley, the YMCA here runs a program called like the High Y and Troy High Y Clubs, which are pretty much like high school versions of fraternities and sororities. 
Um, they're ostensibly service clubs, but they all have like an initiation process you have to go through that's pretty much pledging um, where shit happens. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing my mind went to, but um, yeah, we did have societies, I guess, but nothing like this. Like we had like you know your burnouts and your your art kids, but not like secret revolutionaries. Yeah, it's an interesting combo. Also, I feel like the setting of being in Florida has something to do with that. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. Next up, Quill Tree bought Love and Resistance by debut author Kara H. L. Chen in a preempt. The YA contemporary novel follows a Taiwanese-American teen who joins forces with a secret society of students intent on ending the school's culture around bullying, all while making friends and falling in love along the way. Publication is scheduled for summer 2023. Yeah, another book that has to do with like fighting the system. Interesting, interesting. I think I was lucky that I, ne- I didn't have to deal with a lot of bullying growing up, but I do... So everything I know about bullying culture is from like reading about it in the news or like watching Saturday morning specials. Uh, yeah, grew up around a lot of bullying. And <laughs> um, I feel like now it's worse because you can't escape from it because it's now online. It's true. And it's like way more intense. And it really breaks my heart when I hear news about like 12 year olds getting cyber bullied. And um. Yeah, so like books like these that are saying like, hey, fight against bullying and injustice at your school. I I really like the fact that it's teaching kids to have agency and uh, to really like team up and stand up against terrible things like bullying. Yeah. Our our next deal, uh, Soho Teen acquired Gail Agnes Mushikavang, who's debut novel Ride or Die. The book is about adrenaline-obsessed Lily Crawford who can't help herself when it comes to chasing thrills, danger, and fun. But when she strikes up an anonymous correspondence with X, a mysterious student at her school, he challenges Lily to a game that begins to test even her no-holds-barred quest for adventure. Publication is planned for spring 2023. I like the title, Ride or Die. Yeah, this sounds very ominous, like kind of like a, like I'm getting death game vibes from it. (laughs) I don't know if it's that level <laughs> of danger. I don't know why, but um, I mean, Fast and the Furious just like pop into mind. You know, it's like <laughs> kids who are like street racing at night. And it's like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm glad you went there because this reminds me of like an R.O. Stein title, like Fear Street or Goosebumps, like Ride or Die, right? <laughs> oh well. Are we'll you see. are you someone who really likes? Um, I guess like roller coasters and like thrill. I do rides. love a good thrill. I'm I'm a coward. I, <laughs> I I can ride on roller coasters, but I can never do like Tower of Terror. I can never go bungee jumping. I can never do skydiving. I can't do any of that stuff. You don't like drops then? No, I don't like drops and I will <laughs> never be on a motorcycle. Like no way in hell. So uh, I am the opposite of an adrenaline junkie. What about a moped? No, not a moped. <laughs> Anything where there is no seatbelt attached to it is a no-go for me. <laughs> All right. All right, next up, Waterbrook has bought at auction World Rights to My Forever Home, written by Ha Din and illustrated by Bao Lu. The book is based on the author's childhood experience living in a refugee camp in the Philippines after the fall of Saigon and sheds light on the Vietnamese-American diaspora through the eyes of a child. Publication is slated for summer 2023. Wow, that's really cool. Also sad, but really cool. Um, I feel like picture books are such a... Like, if I want to teach 
my young nieces and nephews about like, important things. I'm glad to have these picture books where I can like show them. Um, here are some experiences that you know your friends or someone you know might have gone through, or just to understand what a refugee experience is like. Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned this a lot, but um, like the refugee experience is not something the the older generation, the boomer generation talks about a lot. So uh, it has been up to the millennial authors and the late Gen Z authors to uh, put these stories on page and make them more accessible. Because um, if we don't share these stories in in, in a language that kids can understand, it's just going to disappear. So yeah. Yeah, it's nice that we are getting these types of stories. And also, like, picture books are not all happy-go-lucky stuff. They can explore deeper, grimmer stories. And um, I like the fact that this is actually based on the author's own experience. Yeah, congrats to Ha and um, and to Bao. Um, Next up, Page Street Kids bought world rights to Swimming Towards a Dream. Yusra Mardini's Incredible Journey from Refugee to Olympic Swimmer, uh, written by Rima Faruqi and illustrated by Asma Inaye. The picture book biography follows Yusra's dangerous passage from Syria to Germany to eventually represent her country on the refugee Olympic team. Publication is set for fall 2023. Another nonfiction picture book. And this is also like a refugee story. So Yeah, congrats to, um, congrats to Reem and Asma on their book deal. All right, next up, FSG preempted world rights to Susan Yoon's debut picture book, Waiting for Tomorrow. Illustrated by Julie Kwan, the book is about two sisters planning a special surprise for their father's return home after a long time away. Publication is set for winter 2023. Wow. That's a common experience for Asian immigrant families I where the dad like is, is. Um, where their dad is like doing business overseas or yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely was the case for my family. Um, you know, when I was growing up especially throughout middle school and high school, I probably saw my dad a few months out of every year. Was it the same for your family? Um, see, I did not know this until recently, but my dad went to America a year before uh, my family did. So he was not there for like, uh, for like my entire age two. So, so there was that. And also like when we were in, when we were living in like California and New Jersey, like he would do a lot of business trips back in Korea. So it was a lot of like back and forth. Okay. So it was a different type of um, absence. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was very much like, stre- like random stretches of time where I would not see him. Yeah. I think, you know, during the time we were growing up was a time of rapid globalization. So the need for people who could do business in both countries that was where the jobs were and that was where the money was. So, you know, this is uh, pre-internet too. So people yeah. like could not like send emails and stuff. They had to like actually physically be there or use phone cards. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad there's a picture book that also, you know, represents that experience as well. Um, really excited for that. Next up, Underline bought debut author Shirley's contemporary YA rom-com Fake Dates and Mooncakes. Pitched as Crazy Rich Asians meets What If It's Us, in which an aspiring teen chef enters a mooncake-making contest to bring publicity to his aunt's struggling Chinese takeout restaurant, but discovers the recipe for love is more complicated when a new customer, the attractive son of a business magnate, asks him to be his fake date for a glitzy wedding. Publication is slated for summer 2023. Interesting. Okay. Um, fake dates and mooncakes. I feel rhymes. like they buried the lead that this isn't a gay romance. <laughs> Yeah, I, 
I, it sounds sweet. I really <laughs> am interested in reading it. And of course, like more, more stories about saving your family's restaurant. I feel like that is, I, I feel like that is its own genre. It's and, definitely a type of rom-com. I mean, I was reading yeah. this and imagining they, this could make a really good like Hallmark movie. Yeah, but it's a YA rom-com. So I feel <laughs> like it, it has like a, a different flavor to it. Oh, yeah. a different flavor. Wow. <laughs> not think about that when i said that <laughs> so clever so clever yes, <laughs> fake yes. dates and mooncakes also uh, an amazing title so congrats on that i think it's interesting that it's a mooncake making contest like i've never heard of that before it's the kind of contest that can only exist in the rom-com <laughs> world so you know i thought people just bought mooncakes is that something that you you make <laughs> in your family's house or i don't know uh yeah yeah, I know some people have the mold. There are different kinds of mooncakes too. Like there's like the ones that are more mochi-like. There's the ones that they bake. Um, the, the world of mooncake is vast and complicated. But uh, yeah, it sounds cute. Okay, next up, Henry Holt bought world rights to middle grade contemporary fantasy graphic novel Ghost Book by Remy Lai. The book follows 11-year-old July Chen who befriends the wandering soul of a boy only to find out that their fates are intertwined and in order for the boy to live, she has to die. Publication is slated for spring 2023. This reminds me of a one of the classic Goosebumps stories, The Ghost Next Door. You read a lot of Goosebumps growing up. I did. Um, I purchased a lot of Goosebumps books because they always came with special goodies um, in the monthly um, scholastic book order form. I don't know if you had those in the, at your school. Oh, yeah, definitely had them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a graphic novel. So I think it will have like a lot of cool. Um, I don't know if this is like Chinese underworld. Yeah, there's no influences. clues about that. But, you know, a good ghost story um, is always a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I'm excited to um, learn more about this book as it comes out. All right. Our next deal. Roaring Brook bought at auction Ruth Chan's debut middle grade graphic novel, Uprooted. This graphic memoir follows eighth grader Ruth as her family moves from Canada to Hong Kong, where dad has a new job, mom is closer to the family, and Ruth feels lonelier than ever. Amid struggles with her rusty Cantonese and hangouts with new friends, Ruth's story is interspersed with the story of her father's miraculous birth in exile during the Sino-Japanese War, weaving a tapestry of perseverance, triumph, and love. Publication is set for fall 2023. Wow, this is a very uh it's it sounds pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, it sounds epic and also I like how it's reverse fish out of story, you know, cuz a lot of the times it's like they immigrate here to America and they feel like uh they're, you know, they're adjusting to American culture, but this is a reverse. Yeah, I'm sure moving there in 8th grade would have been tough because, you know, during 8th grade you're kind of in the in between phase where you're you're just past being a kid, but you're not like a teen teen yet. Um and so I think change is much more um it's felt much more at there and then, but I feel like I don't know, looking back spending high school in Hong Kong would have been a lot of fun. Um, and Hong Kong is actually one of those places where you can actually get by without. Yeah, you can get English. by with English. <laughs> yeah, and I really appreciate stories where you have um, people reflecting on the stories of their parents as well. Because like like we've mentioned many times on this podcast, uh, for our parents, especially for our grandparents, like they grew up in a time when war was rampant in, in Asia, right? You're either fighting yourselves or you're fighting the Japanese or you're fighting, you know, the Europeans. And that causes a lot of generational trauma to be passed down. And understanding that, I think, is the first step to understanding 
our own histories, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So our last book deal, Levine Querido acquired Dadaji's Paintbrush by Rashmi Surdepande and illustrated by Ruchi Masane. The picture book follows a boy who uses the love for painting that he and his Dadaji shared to explore his grief and continue his grandfather's legacy. Publication is slated for fall 2022. I like how they're using painting as a way to grieve their grandfather. That is a very interesting way to honor your grandparents. Yeah, people grieve in different ways. And I think using art as one way. um, I'm expecting a lot of beautiful illustrations because it is about painting. So I wonder... Um, just how it's going to just jump out of the page. Yeah, congrats to Rashmi. And with that, that'll do it for this month's new publishing news. We do have one piece of Asian American book news that we want to highlight. Um, Reba, tell me about You and Me. So You and Me is the first Asian American woman-owned bookstore, and it opened in Manhattan's Chinatown on December 11th. Uh, the owner is Lucy Yu. The owner is Lucy Yu, who's 27. Uh, who grew up in the suburbs of L.A. Hey, a transplant. Uh, Y.M. is her mother's initials, which is the reason why she came up with the name You and Me. Um, There's a bar and cafe attached to the bookstore. Um, I think they have around over a thousand books by uh, authors of Asian descent. And the cafe and bar, they serve Asian snacks like red bean buns and sesame balls. Uh, So, From what I've gathered on Twitter, uh, it seems like a lot of Asian authors who are based in New York City, they're going to be doing book signings there. Uh, There might be some events with the Asian American Writers Workshop. And yeah, it sounds like a really cool bookstore. I've seen pictures. It's pretty small, but very, like, very chill. Um, It's you know, it's a little bit sad that it's the first Asian American woman owned bookstore because you would think that there were more. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Asian owned bookstores in general that caters to like Asian literature. I feel like the closest thing I can think of are those bookstores in, in the Mitsuas. Yeah, um, most notably the Kinokunayas. <laughs> Uh, there's one in DTLA, uh, DTLA in Little Tokyo. I always stop by because they have like a huge Asian American uh, bookshelf section. Uh, I, I try to stop by every single time I'm in Little Tokyo because they have an Asian American books display and um, a lot of new releases are displayed there. Yeah. So I'd like just like to browse. Um, there's a lot of books that are written in Japanese, but they haven't been translated. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Yeah, no, congrats to Lucy. I feel like um we you know we have our book symbol of a bookshop, but it's only virtual and you know turning that into a physical physical store. Just running a bookstore in general in today's day and age seems like an endeavor, but yeah, opening a bookstore <laughs> during the pandemic, that is that is brave. Uh <laughs> it's brave and also Manhattan where the rent is just astronomical. She must have had a lot of challenges. Yeah, but also having a space to gather community is great. And I know a lot of authors out there in the East Coast of New York that this can be a new home base for them. Um, I know if we were to start a bookstore, it would probably be a bookstore slash bulba shop, right? Obviously. I, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> that's kind of mandatory considering our name. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't know if either of us will have the the guts, the the fortitude to like nope. open a physical bookstore. I barely had the fortitude to join this podcast. And, <laughs> and as someone who did used to work at a bookstore, yeah, it's very challenging. The whole cliche line of people don't read anymore. Like I hate <laughs> that line, but there is some truth to it. Um, which is why like a lot of bookstores have like coffee shops and like bars inside them because that is like another way to you know gain customers so i mean i like the fact that people come in for like food and drinks and they're trapped among books (laughs) it is a good way to have them like browse and, yeah, I can go yeah. for some sesame balls and then, you know, check out some books. I am excited to check out this store next time I go to New York, whenever that is. I don't know when I'll be flying again, but it's definitely on my list to visit. So, yeah, congrats. To I, I was looking at the pictures of like the Google Street, uh, <laughs> like the Google Street map view. And I was like, oh, I know where this is. I know exactly where this is. <laughs> it's very close to where uh, my partner used to live. So I was like, oh, OK, okay. ever. If I ever visit, I definitely want to stop by and congratulate Lucy in person because this is amazing. And yeah, I guess with that, that will do it for Books and Boba for the year 2021. Rira, we made it through another year. Another year of um, of books, meaning that we've read 12 books, you guys, this year. If you've been reading along with us congratulations on meeting technically <laughs> meeting 11 because 11 our december because, book is yeah. extended but also we read a ton of books for we had a lot of author interviews this year a lot more than i think we usually do yeah um yeah. we read a lot i read a 700 page book last weekend so we can interview fonda <laughs> lee so you know yeah we, um, we i'm like best. looking at our list of books that we've read uh, this year um i'm just gonna go through them the magical language of others by ej co she of the mountains by vivek shreya girls of paper and fire by natasha ian how to pronounce Na- how to pronounce knife uh suvankam tamavangsa silence of bones by june her happy endings by tian kim lam ocean of minutes by tia lim patron saints of nothing by randy ribeye chemistry by Waiki Wang, Inugami Clan by Seishi Yokomizo, On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vong, and we are reading She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. So lots of diverse genres. What and a spread. What a delicious yeah, what spread, a spread of yummy, yummy books. <laughs> and we read more because, like you said, author interviews. Yeah, a lot of rom-coms this year. I think I've read more romance and rom-com than I've ever had in my entire life. I feel um, like I did not choose that many rom-coms, though. For a lot of our author interviews with, was that is for true. Rom-com. A lot of author Why? interviews. Yeah. yeah. But... It's very much appreciated because my God, 2021 was such a. <laughs> we did need some fluff in our life. It for was sure. it was a yeah. grim year, y'all. We <laughs> we thought 2021 would be better than 2020. Um, in some ways, it it was, but in other ways, I feel like it drained a lot of the remaining hope I had for humanity. <laughs> you know, we got 2022 coming up. Surely it'll be a better year, even no, though don't we say have that. It's probably midterm not. elections coming up and all sorts of. Supreme Court shenanigans going down. <sighs> Never mind. Things are gonna. Yeah, things are grim. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I I cannot believe like two. Pretty much two years have passed since the pandemic started. I I just feel like it's just been one long year. 
And when I look back, I'm like, oh no, like I aged two years it's, since then. <laughs> it's the new normal. It's the new world order. We've, we've read about this in many, many pandemic books that, yes, you know, true. the world will be changed after a global pandemic. And I think in like both subtle and unsubtle ways they have, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the listeners out there who are attending high school and college, yeah, you guys have been in lockdown for pretty much two years. Like you've been schooling virtually, and I, like, how are you guys doing? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hopefully, this podcast has brought a little joy into your lives. I'm listening to Rima and I, you know, try to be smart in discussing books, and I look forward to discussing more of those with you next year. Um, now that Rima is, you know more free we're going to hopefully try to do more stuff to engage with our book club members um i'm putting it out there right now so that now we have to do it um now that's on oh, the dear. air um but yeah keep your eyes open for that and uh rira before we go please remind us of our book club pick for december and january um like i mentioned before we are reading she who became the sun by shelly parker chan for the month of december and january it is a fantasy book based on the Ming Dynasty. It is around 400 pages. So that is why we are giving people two months to read it. Yeah, this book has been winning a lot of end of year awards. Yeah, yeah. And it reached like the New York Times bestsellers list. Um, it was on my TBR pile when it was first announced as, as it was like coming out. So I'm really excited to read it. Um, it's nice to read new books so that we're you know, currently on quote unquote trend. You know, we've never been one to follow the trends, right? We want to read all sorts of stuff that we want. Listen, to I read whatever I want. So <laughs> you guys just have to deal with it. Yeah. Well, Rira, thank you for accompanying me during this um, most difficult year. Um, wishing you a, a, a safe and um, a tolerable holiday season. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe in 2022, we'll actually record in our studio because we have <laughs> not actually recorded in person since February 2020. It's been a while. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> I'm actually seeing Marvin in person this weekend, which is which is yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's been a while. I think the last time I saw you was when I was dropping something off at your like front door. Yeah, it was literally for like two minutes. <laughs> Well, thanks everyone for listening to Books and Boba. Um, if you do need to get in your last minute Christmas shopping, don't forget that you can support our podcast as well as your local bookstores by ordering a book on the Books and Boba bookshop.org page where you can find lists of books that are covered on this show as well as curated lists made by Reba in a variety of um, genres and styles. So um, check that out. Just go to booksandboba.com and click on the bookshop link. Um, but yeah, until next year, have a great holiday season and have a happy new year. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Ri Ryu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at booksandboba.com. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
Life gets a little crazy sometimes. Sometimes it's confusing, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it can just piss us off. Enter First of All Podcast. It's a safe space for real conversations about the things that we all struggle with, celebrate, contemplate, and work through in our daily lives. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. I'm an actor, filmmaker, and entrepreneur with a colorful background, a full life, and brilliant friends who I love to unpack life with to share with all of you. They are everyday people like you and me, ranging from award-winning artists, cultural icons, powerful CEOs, my hilarious childhood friends, and even my mom. Tune in for honest conversations on mental health, dating, sex, family, career, culture, and everything in between. Listen to First of All wherever you find podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.